0: If I look up, there's a kind of a suite mm-hmm. and they have like an outdoor jacuzzi. Yeah. And there's Charlie Villanueva, who's an NBA player. Okay. And he's got a bottle of champagne and he's kind of like dumping this champagne on. Like-,
1: like, you knew he was there?
0: Well, yeah, because we knew he was there because he was watching our wedding. Oh, okay. And he's famous. Okay, I didn't know he's who kinda he is. Kind of like dumping champagne yeah. on this like hot like model oh, girlfriend or whatever that he has like in their hot tub. Yeah. And the wedding planner was like, "Hey, can you please be quiet?" Because they had like rap music playing. Yeah. So it's like, here's your <laughs> wife, and then here's like what life as a single guy is. Yeah. And it's, it was just kind of the juxtaposition of the two was really really yeah.
1: funny. I thought you were gonna say he was saying, "Who let the dogs out?" That you're. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, Jim, can you take a college course that teaches you how to run a machine shop? Well, I guess
1: you can. I really don't know about that, but I can certainly tell you that ProShop is helping me run my business like a college-level course. All you have to do is follow the process. Well, you know, nobody goes to college anymore anyway.
0: Yeah, they, they listen do. to podcasts. <laughs> they listen to podcasts. They follow the system in ProShop. All your processes will be documented. Everything will be laid out in a way that's going to promote continuous improvement in your shop.
1: Absolutely. The best part is is when you're using ProShop, your company becomes completely paperless.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So where do they learn more? Go to
1: proshoperp.com. <laughs> Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you're connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate. Hey Jason,
0: Jason. We have little time to waste. This whole episode is going to be about time management for the manufacturing leader. So why don't we just cue the music and start the show?
1: Let's do it.
0: Bro, bro, thank you for introducing my show and letting me cut you off. (laughs) That's okay. It's all good, man. Uh, Here we are. We're at the Boring Bar. We are. I've had one heck of a week, man. Four Uh, business dinners this week. So good thing that you
1: poured us up a nice Manhattan and we could sit up at the Boring Bar and talk about how to elevate our skills and be better manufacturing leaders.
0: Well, these were made at the Boring Bar. I wish we actually recorded while we were at the bar. That'd be cool. But right now we're just in our studio, which is also very cool in Rockford. So- What's your week been like, dude?
1: It's going well. One of the things that we're really wrestling with right now is a new building. So under roof, we have say 35,000 square feet. So not quite as big as what you guys have, but in three separate warehouses, you know, in Illinois and Indiana, Mm -hmm. and we're trying to move away from our old building that we've had since 1950s. The one w- I mean, where I visited. Yeah, 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 you've been there. I mean it's been built, it's been expanded upon and stuff like that, but we're just we're ready to move on. I and see so, you
0: progressively killing off your real like showroom. Our or, old yeah, our, yeah, kind of our
1: old business model. Yeah, we moved from that like showroom model where machinists and foremen and shop owners used to like come into our showroom and buy tools. That business is in the past, sure, it's now about vending machines and integration and contract services for our clients. But we're trying to find a new warehouse in Illinois, and it's hard mm-hmm. because I mean, prices are really expensive right now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking here in the Chicagoland area, I mean, 100
0: bucks a square foot. Yeah, everyone's I mean, kind of like on the fence, like, okay, should I? buy a new home or wait or what cars or like anything right now. Everyone's kind of hesitant. Is it the right time to buy? So yeah, I mean, you can't
1: buy an SUV right nowadays. I understand for under like (laughs) $80,000 or something like that. I I know
0: somebody who, Have bought a used car, put a ton of miles on it, and they can sell it for like way more than they bought it for.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I could sell my Tesla, which is three years old, apparently, for like the same price that I bought it for, which is crazy. crazy.
0: I mean, my wife and I are, we were just kind
1: of joking about or joking around about this. So I've got four kids, and I'm finally at that stage where I don't have a baby in the house. So my wife and I are talking Dude, are about... just
0: trying to make me jealous right I'm now. I'm trying to make you feel mad. I mean, bad. I love yeah. my baby. Don't yeah, me mad.
1: I know. I know you do. I'm ready for the stage. So we've got all the kids are dispersed. So we have this one week where two of the kids are with one set of grandparents. And so they're dispersed. And we're like, let's go on a vacation. Oh, I hate and we're right looking now. at flights.
0: And it's like, you can't buy a flight for less than $800 to go <laughs> anywhere. That's funny. You said $800. So I'm actually going on a trip mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. So right. I'm very excited about that. And it's for my brother's wedding. He's doing right. a destination wedding, and I was really pleased that my wife had the idea to bring a nanny.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And so we're like, all right, we'll get her a room and we'll get her her flight, and it's eight hundred dollars. That's yeah, like, that's what the flight is yeah, it's so crazy. Jeez, like, and we're not going to like Asia or anything. We're going right. to the. Dominican I know. Well, Republic. that's what
1: it used to be. My wife and I joked around. I was like, you know, tickets are like a thousand bucks. She's like, I'm not paying a thousand dollars unless we're flying to Thailand, which is where her mom's from. Yeah. And but I'm like, that's just the average cost to fly anywhere now. Yeah. You know, it's crazy.
0: We'll talk a little bit about vacations and getting some time off and just overall managing time for yeah. the manufacturing. Leaders. Can
1: I tell you a quick funny story, though, since you talk about destination yeah, weddings? Yeah, jump in. So my wife and I got married in Mexico. So we got married in Cabo or Los Cabos. We did the
0: destination too. Best decision I no, ever. No, it was
1: amazing. So... When you get married in Mexico, the United States doesn't require like anything in particular. I don't know what, exactly what the regulations are, but we got married in front of a judge, which is like your legal wedding, where we had hire a judge in Mexico, and then we have a translator. And then we had the ceremony where our pastor flew in from the United States to Mexico to marry us on the beach and stuff like that. So for the actual legal wedding with the judge, it was at the pool the same day. And guess what our wedding song was for the legal marriage? I want to rock. No. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs>
0: Who let the dog. Oh, it was just playing in the it background? It was just playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. So That's great. Yeah,
1: it was, it was kind of
0: fun. Uh, all so. right. So since you told the story, I'll throw one in there too. So I got married at the Hard Rock in Punta Cana, which is okay. also where my brother's getting married. And I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but anyway, we're in this like pagoda and my wife looks, what's a pagoda? It's like a building without walls, a bungalow.
1: Is that what bungalows? bungalow is? I don't know. I'm no, just like making things up.
0: It's like a big, uh, you know, there's like a roof and then pillars, but, you, okay. you know, there's I know no what you're walls, talking about. right? Yeah. So we're kind of under this. and We call
1: it a gazebo. In, was- in Wisconsin, they call them gazebos. Maybe,
0: maybe that's actually the right word. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm standing in this pagoda and there's this like walkway and we're kind of surrounded by water. So we're on this little island. The wedding song starts playing. And she's walking towards me and I'm just like, wow, this is great. I've been dating my wife for a long time. She's really the only girlfriend I've ever had. Mm -hmm. So it's like this moment I've been dreaming of, you know, here comes the rest of my life. And right, like if I look up, there's a kind of a suite Mm -hmm. and they have like an outdoor jacuzzi. Yeah. And there's Charlie Villanueva, who's an NBA player. Okay. And he's got a bottle of champagne and he's kind of like dumping the champagne on. Like Like
1: you knew he was there.
0: Well, yeah, because we knew he was there because he was watching our wedding.
1: Oh, okay. And he's famous. Okay, I don't know he's kinda who he like is. Kind of like dumping
0: champagne yeah. on this like hot like model oh, girlfriend or whatever that he has like in their hot tub. Yeah. And the wedding planner was like, "Hey, can you please be quiet?" Because they had like rap music playing. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> here's your wife and then here's like what life as a single guy is yeah. it's it was just kind of the juxtaposition of the yeah. two was i really, thought you were gonna really, say really, really he really was
1: funny. saying
0: who let the dogs out were, what <laughs> no what was cool though is like as ironic as the whole thing was the wedding planner was like hey please be quiet there's a wedding and he was super sorry and respectful okay and he actually cool. watched the wedding which yeah. was pretty cool so yeah but yeah we highly recommend destination if William. it wasn't
1: like Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or Shaquille O'Neal, I wouldn't know who he was as yeah. far as a basketball player goes. Yeah, well,
0: this guy was the guy with no eyebrows. That's kind of what he's known for. Don't know so, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, my week this week prompted this episode.
1: Okay, nice. I'm looking forward to talking about this because I feel like, and you kind of like mentioned this, you're coming into this saying, like, please help me. Yeah. And I feel like I have a system that works really well, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, like, I mean,
0: I'm coming in here with a problem and also some tips that have helped me. But I'm not an expert.
1: This is almost like my concept for At The Boring Bar, which is like, tell me your problem and let's talk it through. Yeah.
0: And that's, I think, what makes making ships awesome. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, hey, here's the challenge. And our guest will bring up an idea. You'll bring up an idea. Jim will bring up an idea. I'll maybe throw one in there and we'll get to a better place.
1: How about we do some manufacturing news?
0: All right. Manufacturing news. I picked something out just a minute ago while we were talking. And this is the title of the news. It's from Reuters. China opposes semiconductor bill because it will give U.S. an advantage.
1: So this is a U.S.-United States of America bill, and China is opposing it.
0: Yes. Now, listen to this. So do we care if they oppose the bill of the United States? This is going to feel like, okay, well, maybe we want them to oppose it. Why are they opposing it? So the U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo said Wednesday that Chinese government opposes an effort in Congress to ramp up U.S. semiconductor manufacturing because it will give the U.S. more of a competitive punch on Thursday. And again, this was written like this week, May 11th.
1: So this is funny because the only thing that I really know about like U.S. politics is from watching Madam Secretary. (laughs) And so I could just imagine like the Secretary of U.S. Commerce Secretary talking to the Chinese. Is that a show or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they call it? What did the the ambassador? Ambassador? Yeah. 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 The ambassador and be like, yeah, we don't really like this. You guys need to do something about that. But which is interesting because you wouldn't imagine that like those kind of things would go on. But they're probably very common. Especially for the United States continue. and China. So
0: on Thursday, U.S. lawmakers will open formal negotiations on a compromise measure that would fund $52 billion in semiconductor manufacturing subsidies and boost U.S. competitiveness with Chinese technology.
1: Which you would think you need to do because we can't be at the behest of other countries. Right. And
0: why, I mean, we talk about supply chain all the time, but yeah, why this is everything a supply so chain delayed? Problem. A lot of it's related to this particular industry and mm-hmm. how we, we really struggle here and so many things require it. So the Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito asked Raimondo at a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee hearing about the Reuters story and other reports that China had been pushing U.S. executives, companies, and business groups to fight against China-related bills in Congress. The quote was, it doesn't surprise me at all. China doesn't want us to pass this bill. They know that this bill will enable us to outcompete them. She said, China has invested $160 billion in domestic semiconductor production, and the last thing they want is for us to invest $52 billion, because they want us to be reliant on them. Yeah, of course. Right. So you mentioned the embassy. Well, the Chinese embassy would not comment, of course. And the report goes on to say that China's embassy in Washington has sent letters pressing executives to urge members of Congress to alter or drop these bills that seek to enhance U.S. competitiveness. And what they say is, and this is kind of where it's like, oh, give me a break. She says, China has said it opposes such legislation, arguing it stokes anti-China sentiment and that it's based on Cold War era thinking. That doesn't even make sense because it's not about that. It's about the supply chain. Right. A persistent shortage of chips has disrupted the automotive and electronics industries, forcing some companies to scale back production. Well, of course, right? So we need
1: a solution. I feel like now even China's PR people are trying to use emotional responses.
0: Right. Like, let's use the victim mentality or like, say it's a racist or ethnic, whatever.
1: Yeah, that's surprising coming from them. I don't think they really believe that, though. Like, they don't believe what they're saying. They're just trying to use it as a tool.
0: Right. Because if we're dependent on them, then it funds their economy instead of ours and Think about this industry. Like, I'm talking to machine builders all the time who can't get machines or can't ship machines, or we can't get certain products at our company. Or can't make because, cars. Right. Can't you make know? cars. Right. Yeah. Like, there's this domino effect, and everything is like hinging. I mean, this on, is just very tactical. Can we get supply? This is
1: just very tactical. We have no capacity here. We need capacity here in order to control it better. Let's build capacity right. here. So like this has nothing to do with like
0: hatred yeah, or, or hatred
1: of race or anything or anything that happened thirty years ago. I mean, like, yeah, this is just silliness.
0: It, so it's just wild. I just thought the article was like, oh, give me a break. But anyway. Sometimes you just need to make business decisions. Exactly. All right. So what prompted the episode for me, man, this week was and I have some challenging weeks, but this week was among the most challenging of this year. I had full business days and full business dinners four nights in a row. And so I told my wife, typically I travel one week out of every month. And I said, just plan on this week feeling like I'm out of town. And by Friday, I was just like a zombie. Like you couldn't really focus. I was just really drained and really tired. And there was a lot of people who demanded my time and a lot of things at work that demanded my time. And I was just like, man, I'm exhausted. How do the Elon Musks of this world do this? You know, where they sleep three hours a night and work well, first of all,
1: he doesn't care what his wife thinks.
0: He's on his like third or fourth marriage, right? Right. So I very much do care what my wife thinks. <laughs> and so time management is a problem. Let's just face it. And yeah. I want to solve it. We all have to make good and we all have to make the most out of the resources that we're given in life. And there's one resource that we all have the same amount of, and that is time. Oh, I thought it was money. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Or maybe not. I don't know. But we all have the same amount of time. And I think that making the most out of that time that we all get is what separates great people who do great things from people who are just mediocre or people who yeah, it's you one know, don't live things. productive lives, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not an expert on this. I wanted to share that. I have some ideas. I'm going to share some tips. I know you're going to share some tips, but sure, I could tell you about my system. Our listeners, please, if you have anything that works really well for you or rules that you've put in place or philosophies or systems or whatever, for time management, that's what Making Chips is about. It's about equipping and inspiring manufacturing leaders. And sometimes the hosts are the guys that need the inspiration.
1: Yeah, I've got a good system and I feel like it really works well for me. And I'm looking forward to sharing it and seeing, you know, maybe if you could help me to make it better. But I think it works well for now. Okay. And I could tell you some, like there's some other kind of like philosophical things that go along with it, which you can take or not take if you want to. So
0: I want you to weave every bit of that advice into kind of like the structure that I sure. have. Sure, yeah. I broke down this episode into three things, calls, calendars, and time off and out of the office. So we'll start with calls. Mm -hmm. So when I take phone calls during the day, I've learned that I'm a talker. Like I like to have conversations and a lot of the people that I need to talk to are the same. So if you don't establish, I've got 20 minutes and I have a hard stop and I've noticed people doing that on calls that I've been on and now I'm doing it pretty much every time I have a call. Like I got 10 minutes. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't establish that, I'm like a social dude. I don't want to make anyone feel like I'm not listening to them or they're not being valued or whatever, right? So I don't want to like cut someone off be like, oh, shoot, I got to go when they're in the middle of something that's important to them, right? So if you set that precedent right on the front end of your conversation, it's not so rude when you then say, hey, I got to go.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. That
0: is like one tip. Like, don't forget to establish the time that you have available at the start of that conversation. So your thoughts on that? Do you do that?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely do that. I try not to take as many calls as I possibly can. Like when you get a random person trying to leave your voicemail and sell you something, do you call them back all the time or do you ignore it? No,
0: like I literally never call any of those people. <laughs> okay, okay. Unless like they're someone I know and I need, you know, like... What if it sounds intriguing to you? So I don't want to discourage any sales guys out there because I have a lot of sales guys who work for me and I want them to make cold calls. right. But very, very rarely is a cold outreach intriguing to me. Okay. So sometimes they are. Yeah. And I have a new... I guess it's happened before. I yeah. can't remember so, an example, but...
1: Yeah. So I have a new administrative director who's handling a lot of that stuff for me. And then we're also hiring another administrative assistant to help with that. So I always just push those voicemails off to somebody else and be like, hey, if they intrigue you, let me know yeah. and let me know why.
0: And you're not worried that like, okay, he's forwarding me his junk mail and he wants me to care about it.
1: No, because he's doing something that I would otherwise be doing myself. So obviously, there's a value in that. Sure,
0: but you're not doing it because it wasn't valuable enough for you, right? Right,
1: like, but it used to be valid. It used to be something that I did do, but
0: now you just don't have the
1: time. But now I just don't have the time.
0: Okay, I get it.
1: And then I would say, as far as like calls, so like if I need to have a conversation with you or to somebody else who's somebody that's like a partner. I usually don't make those phone calls in the office. I'm usually making them when I'm driving or or oh, going I'm for a walk or something that like there. that because I mean that's you're kind of like you're killing two birds with one stone.
0: I almost never get into my car or like do any transport transit, I guess is the word, without yeah. like scheduling a call. Yeah,
1: so it's either listening to a podcast or making a phone call. You yeah. know, I'm getting all that stuff done then and then I try to plan it around that too. So if I can and, do it around know, my miss, commute, it's better.
0: I miss dedicating time to consuming great content. It's something that I need to make time for because right now it's like, I'm just doing calls that I'm you know, following up on calls. And I I got a lot out of listening to a lot of great podcasts. Yeah. And I just haven't been yeah, doing Yeah, so those that.
1: are the two things that I do. Like and I don't I lis- think I've
0: listened to any podcast this year.
1: I listen to music when I'm with my kids or when I'm exercising. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I divided my time, and I know it sounds very regulated, but it's kind of the way you need to be.
0: So my tip for calls, right? If it's calls, calendars, and time off, my tip for calls is establish the time that you have available, and then your tip was do the calls when you're in transit. Yeah. And don't take as many calls,
1: or define it during your schedule. You know, sure. put it into your calendar.
0: Oh, like literally block off in. Yeah. Because we're about off to time. talk about calendars. Yeah. So literally block off in your calendar when you can Yeah, I'm going to make those phone calls. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, let me make sure I understand you. So do you mean like when you have a call with customer or someone internally, like scheduling it as a Zoom call on your calendar? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Or just making random phone calls during that time too. Okay, so
0: you just segued into my point yeah. about calendars. Mm-hmm. Use a calendar for every appointment. Every appointment that you have with a person, whether they work with you, Okay, maybe not like your wife or your family, right? Sure. But every appointment that you have with a person professionally, whether they're working for your business or a customer or whatever, if you agree like, hey, yeah, let's talk tomorrow at three o'clock, send a calendar appointment. Mm-hmm. Like if it's going to be a phone call, just say, I will call your phone number at this number. If it's going to be a Zoom call or a Hangouts or whatever video conferencing app, send a link with that included. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, try to schedule as much as you possibly can. Does that feel like
0: common sense in 2022?
1: I don't know that it's common sense, but I mean, I feel like I'm trying to be as hyper productive as possible with the limited time that I want to give to working versus my free time. So I want to try to be as productive as I possibly can. But I'm a little bit different than I'm not necessarily planning my time according to my calendar. I plan my time more according to my projects, but we could talk about that later.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to touch on that, but... My point is, once you agree on time, go that step to send the calendar invite to lock it in. Yeah. That's my point.
1: Absolutely. And and I even have, I mean, I have a website. So if you go to JasonZenger.com, I mean, you can schedule an appointment with me.
0: Do you want people to do that? I
1: don't care. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, I have a thing where it's very clear that this is a 10-minute call. And if I don't know you, I'll I'll make 10 minutes for you. Okay. I feel like there's a value in everybody out there that I will make 10 minutes for them.
0: So let's do a test. So... If you are a listener of Making Chips, go to jasonzanger.com and you can get 10 minutes of Jason Zanger. Yeah, that's fine. I mean,
1: it'll appear on my calendar. I don't have to book it. I don't have to deal with it. You don't have to send me an email. It just appears on my calendar and we can have a conversation. Like, I don't have a problem with that.
0: All right. I need you to make a commitment to me. If somebody does it, will you, on a future episode, will you talk about that conversation? Sure. Because
1: I'm very interested. But one of the things that it's going to ask is, it's going to ask, what is the purpose of this conversation? Oh, that's cool. And don't be like, I just want to chit-chat. Like You know what I mean? Like, have a purpose. I love
0: Jason's new hat.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> I want a Zenger's hat, you know? I mean, no, like, like let's have a conversation about anything, but yeah. let's have a purpose for it, Sure, you know? That's cool. I mean, I'll talk about anything. I'll talk about manufacturing leadership. I'll talk about making chips. I'll talk about theology. I'll talk about trying to figure out how to parent kids. I don't care. Like, I like to- Trying to, to manage me- your time? Yeah, I try to manage <laughs> your time. To- I mean, I like to meet people, so it's a good part about that, so. So do I, man. For sure.
0: Jim, you're planning on going to IMTS, right? Absolutely, Nick. I wouldn't miss it for anything. What about your peers? Do you think other job shop owners are going to be there?
1: Well, you know, they should be. I would hope that they would be there. It's the place to grab the new technology and bring it back to your shop and implement. And A lot of things go on your wish list. Well, you know, there was a period of time when people were concerned about going to a big show like IMTS, but I think that's in the past. And in fact, IMTS is anticipating that their audience of job shop owners and job shop employees is going to be up 15%, which is really exciting. Good metric.
0: So what should people like you do to prepare for the show?
1: I would download the app. I would also go to imts.com. Register right now. Register now. Get your hotel and
0: plan your event. We'll see you there, guys. Okay. So my next tip... And things that have helped me, and again, I still need more help, so I appreciate you sure. adding your help, but sharing your calendar to avoid what I call availability ping pong with your internal team, right? So yeah. we work for the same company, and I'm like, hey, can you do this important meeting? And then you know, oh, my colleague no. is like, um, sure, I'm available next week. And it's like, then I email back, okay, what time next week? And I'm like, I don't know, what works for you? And oh, like, oh, no. Wednesday. No. Oh, what time Wednesday? Like I'm, I'm no. like counting like up to ten emails. So it's
1: like you we, won't even get me into a, an email conversation like that.
0: Oh, I just I call it availability ping pong, and yeah. it's the worst thing. In I won't even business.
1: do that. I shouldn't say I won't ever do it
0: because we do it sometimes. Yeah. like we
1: have to. The only time I will ever do that is if it's with a client who's very you know, one of my top clients or if it's somebody that's like a prospective top client. Otherwise I do not do availability ping pong. Well,
0: internally you can control it a lot more because you know, everyone's on the same email server. If they work for the same company typically, and you can share calendars with their Google or outlook or whatever. Right. Yeah. I just send them that link
1: again. I just send them JasonZanger.com.
0: Yeah. And that's even better. And we're about to get an upgrade to where we get that same link in our company. And I can't wait for it, but because then you just send the link, they click the link and it shows, only the times you're available. Mm-hmm. With the shared calendar, and by can, the way, you can just look. It's like a
1: non-secured site, so like if your servers restrict you from like HTTPS, you might have trouble. But you know, it's legit. Someone's so. going to get ten minutes.
0: Of your time. Yeah, yeah, you might exactly. actually be like totally yeah. booked next week. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. We had a lot of downloads. Last no, month. because well, but
1: <laughs> no. But the thing is that I do with that automated scheduling is that I time block, so I have like how my week should go. So. I don't go into the office every day. I work from home certain days. I work from the office certain days. So I have my time blocked off in a manner such that I won't even take those calls except Monday from this time to this time, Tuesday from this time to this time, and so on. Because I know that during the other times, I have heads down work that I need to do. That's another so that point I, I have So that I can keep myself here. more productive.
0: All right. So some of the tips that have helped me, you're already sharing. Okay. <laughs> I don't even think you're looking at my uh, show notes. No, which I'm not. Perfect. I wrote this too, like when you have projects, sometimes we just have to sit mm-hmm. at computers. Yeah, you need heads down, project time. Done. Like put that on your calendar because mm-hmm. I can't at the same time tell my team, hey, check my calendar and then have them be like, I checked your calendar and you're available.
1: And then have you right. be like, well, no, I'm not. I'm trying to get this done. Right. Yeah.
0: Because then they're be like, well, yeah. why didn't you just not be So
1: available? I think that you can handle that in two different ways. And I think both of these are legitimate ways of doing it. So you can actually book your project work on your calendar.
0: I do that. Okay. But not all the time, but a lot of
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I'm working on right now, I'm working on a new vision for my company. So what I want to do is I want to stand in front of the company and say, okay, this is the new vision for the company for the next three years. So I'm putting a lot of time into like heads down on my computer putting that vision together. So you can go to your calendar and you can say, okay, I'm going to work on this for two hours on Monday from 11 to 1. I'm going to work on it from 9 to 11 on Tuesday. And you could actually book that time out. Or you could say to yourself, which is the way that I do it, I want to get these three things, these three big projects done this week. And once I get those three big projects done, I'm done for the week.
0: Is this like some Tim Ferriss four-hour work? No, no,
1: no, 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 not at all. It's just a way of... Like, what if you
0: get the first three projects done on Monday? Like, you just don't work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Yeah,
1: but I mean, what's the chances that you're going (laughs) to... I mean, like, so you need to be smart about it. Sure. And you need to say, okay, these need to be big enough projects for the week. And usually those three projects, they come from what your quarterly goals are. Gotcha. And then that could come from what your annual goals are.
0: And this is kind of like derived from some of the EOS thinking and some of the other books like that.
1: It's not specific to anybody in particular. Yeah, it's it's just kind of like... It's a best practice Practice. It's a best practice. Yeah. So you need to say to yourself, like, what are the three things that I need to get done this week? And if you think about this in terms of like a normal year, if you can get three big things done a week, and let's just say you work 50 weeks a year or 48 weeks a year, I mean, that's 150 big things that you can get done every year. That's a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Wow. So if
1: you could just keep yourself very regulated on, I'm going to get three big things done a week, and I'm going to call it a week when that's done that could end up being yeah. a very good year for you.
0: I think that what I'm gathering from what you're saying, so all of that's valuable, but you can have your email inbox become your calendar.
1: Oh, I would rephrase that. I would say your email inbox becomes your to-do list. Your yeah. to-do list that other people post to. What I
0: mean by the calendar is your email inbox can become, okay, I got to deal with this, got to deal with that, got to deal with this. And everyone else is consuming your time. That's what I meant yeah. by your calendar. Like, what you did every day wasn't what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. It's what everyone else needed. You're fighting fires. And as you grow in leadership, more and more people need you more and more often. And then you're like, all right, well, I mean, I did answer the emails from these people who report to me and who need me, but what was my priority? And this is why leaders get paid to be leaders, right? Is to know what your priorities are and to accomplish your things. And if you just become this reactive answer everyone's calls all the time thing, and you think you're valuable because you're just reacting to your inbox or your text message inbox or whatever, then you're not taking the initiative. You're not proactive. You're not strategic. You're just busy and you're not productive. Sometimes you can be very busy and not productive. At yeah,
1: all. I agree with that. And I think that that's why I think administrative leaders are like the new secret weapon. Yeah. And we've talked about that here at making chips. So we now have Crystal, who is helping us to do a lot of administrative work. I, I called
0: work. her the secret weapon. Yeah, yeah. So
1: like we have Crystal here at Making Chips that's now allowing us to free up our time so that we don't have to deal with the drudgery of the things associated with making chips. And I just hired a new administrative director. Super at, nice guy. At, yeah, Mike, who used to be a church pastor, which is kind of interesting. So he's our new administrative director. And he's really moving up in leadership and he's helping with coaching and you know, helping me with like a lot of admin in order to free me up to work on the things that I should be working on, like the vision, right? You know, and the sales aspect of things. And then he's working on hiring a new <laughs> administrative assistant for him and for myself too. Yeah.
0: See, there you go. So I think when visionary people like you and I say, oh, uh, we don't want to have to deal with the drudgery or the minutia or the words like that. It's almost like the unimportant, not valuable. No, but work. it's not,
1: but that's not true. No, it, it is us, important. To
0: us, it's drudgery. To us, it, us it's, it's minutia. It's
1: drudgery because we're not good at it. Right. <laughs> it's right. not drudgery because it's not important. Just like
0: maybe someone who's more administrative and more kind of like of an integrator and less of a visionary, they would be like, what do you mean? I have to like give a speech about the vision of the company? Like, what, right? What, they don't what want anything to do, to do with do? That. Like, that. Yeah, exactly. Them, that might sound horrible,
1: right? It's that whole notion of one person's—I don't know—strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. It's like one person's garbage is another person's treasure, right? Yeah. Totally. And there's a lot of people that just really love planning and administrating and doing research and doing all the things that really just like. Make me want to crawl into a hole. And, yeah, like, and, like and, you know, go to sleep up when we were like, yeah. hey, I think this yeah. Excel
0: sheet's kind of broken. And she's like, oh, I already fixed it. it yeah,
1: exactly. Like- so that's why I'm really putting this emphasis on administration and operations and making sure that those things really are at the forefront of my initiatives. And because it'll just free me up to do the things that I should be doing. And again, they're important because. Otherwise I would be doing them right. and I have been doing them. Right. So they're important enough that I was doing them.
0: So that's kind of a segue into my next point. So what you need to be, what's required and what's optional changes over time. Mm-hmm. So I'll give an example. So anyone who's into lean knows that daily management is very important. Right? Mm-hmm. Getting in that huddle, or the daily scrum, or the daily, whatever. There's all sorts of different methodologies, but it's the same thing. Like, you have that short, quick, stand-up type meeting where it's a daily check-in, and we identified some areas of the company where that wasn't working the way it should have worked. And my brother Noah's the president of Hennig, and he knows how important these daily management meetings are. So for a while, until he was confident that they were going the way that they needed to go, he was at every one of them. Mm Mm-hmm okay, well, like, should the president of the company attend every daily management meeting? Probably not.
1: So it started... But until the point that he can hand it
0: off. Right. So it started as a required meeting, and now it, he's got an optional invite. So he knows when they are, and he can send a calendar invite as optional, right? We're still talking about calendars here. So for me, I have a lot of meetings that are just like, I'm invited to, I'm, and I'm not invited as an optional. Yeah. So then what happens is, because I was an optional, if I'm like triple booked, which happens all the time, I just choose two out of the three things not to go to, and I feel like I let two out of the three people down.
1: But people shouldn't be inviting you to things that you don't need to be at. So and that's, that's why like I one have of to the established. Yeah.
0: hey, put me as optional, and I may be able to come, but I can't guarantee it. That's
1: one of the worst things about scheduling these meetings is that. Yeah, don't go to meetings that you don't have to be a part of, or you're not contributing, where you don't have something that you, you're you going to have as a to-do that comes... Or even if you have a to-do that comes out of it, you still don't need to be at the meeting. Right. If you're not a contributor, you shouldn't be there. Right. You um, know, somebody and- should be able to communicate to you, hey, we have this idea and we want to assign this task to you. Do you accept it or not?
0: I can contribute to any meeting I'm invited to if I really want. But mm-hmm. the question is, should I? Like, I have the tendency to kind of dominate the meetings I get invited to because you know, like I'm like the VP of sales or whatever. So I feel like, oh, I got to give my two cents. And then I take over the meeting accidentally. And it's really like the product leaders meeting or the regional sales directors meeting. And so it's like, why don't you guys just give me the notes and tell me what happened? Because if you invite me, I'm going to think like, I'm going to put myself in your shoes and then say all the things that I hope you say. And like, I shouldn't do that, you know? Then you like kind of rob them of the experience of growing into their own role.
1: Yeah, we try to run our company as unsiloed as we possibly can. So, we're like for example, you know, if you have three functional groups, you've got your sales and marketing, you've got your operations, and you've got your finance and accounting. We don't come from the standpoint of everything needs to be trickled up and then those leaders need to talk to each other and the account manager on the sales team can't talk to the operations mm-hmm. leader. And that happens in a lot of companies. Like I literally just, so I manage sales, kind of like you, sales and marketing, and I literally had a conversation with one of my account managers, Armando, and he had some advice for how to improve our customer service and our operations. And I was like, he started going into it, and I'm like, okay, pause. instead of you telling me all these things that you think could be made improvements to a department that I'm not managing, I want you to schedule a meeting with Mike, who's actually managing that group. Totally, totally. But most companies... They would be like, okay, well, you need to tell me the things and then I need to go to, to tell Mike. Yeah, well, that's a waste and, and of time. And then I'll
0: create a ticket and then the ticket will yeah. get to I mean, that's just a waste and, of time. Like, yeah, it's a pain in the
1: ass. You're on the sales team. You're an account manager. Go talk to the leader of that other group if you have some advice totally. for approving it. And so that's what he's going to do. And, so, it's just, and it takes me out of it. And then if Mike has something
0: that he needs to be concerned with me about, he can come talk to me about it. So that's like the, a future episode idea I have is like the difference between functions, like every business mm-hmm. has different functions, and then boxes. Yeah. Like, I just oh, hate silos. Don't, don't, yeah, or silos. That's yeah. probably a better word. Functions versus silos. Like, oh, well, I'm in this silo, so I really can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's like- We
1: work very much, like, so our customers have these day-to-day tooling demands. Like, things change all the time. Right. And we don't work in that kind of, we have like kind of an ad hoc, organize, Yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm very organized. Organized, but yet a little bit ad hoc chaotic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a perfect combination.
0: Yeah, Totally. All right, so I think we have covered a lot of tips on calendars. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but
1: no, I mean I just I work from the project standpoint. I decide what are my three big initiatives per quarter, and then how do I break those down per week, and then how do I break those down per day.
0: You're looking at something right now. I'm looking at my planner. Why don't you share like? That's what, all it is. What you use. Like, it's a particular type of planner, right?
1: Yeah, no, It's just a planner that tells me where I decide, here are my three things that I'm going to get done this week. Here are the three things I'm going to get done on Monday, three things I'm going to get done on Tuesday, and it's just got an area where I put my schedule. And put my Is it you know, something
0: that people can buy? Like
1: Yeah. So this particular one is called the full focus planner. Full focus planner. Yeah. So it just keeps you focused is it a on Michael the Hyatt thing. Yeah, it is actually.
0: Okay. So full focus planner, Michael Hyatt, if you Google that.
1: Yeah, you can get one of these yourself. And it just keeps you focused on what is the most important things to do that day, that week, that quarter. So and I'm noticing it's paper. Yeah, I'm a big believer in paper. I tried to do this electronically and it worked, but I just like the paper better.
0: Yeah. So when I'm on sales calls and I have to take notes. I do it with paper.
1: Yeah. And when I'm in meetings, I like to do things on paper.
0: Cause I just like, Oh, let me type that into my iPad. It just looks nah, like you're it like responding work. to emails. It's yeah. Lo- it feels disrespectful. It doesn't work. Yeah. I agree. Okay, Cool. All right. So full focus planner for mm-hmm. those of you that want it. So yep. I've heard good things. I know you use it. I yep. don't, I don't use it, but I might. The next category. So we said calls calendars and then when you're out of the office. So this is part of time management because mm-hmm. believe it or not, life goes beyond your business. And I have some things that might be a little controversial as far as how I do vacation. And so you may push back on this, but I call it like balanced time off. So I call this particular thing the power hour. So I'm on vacation and I shouldn't be working, right? That's what they call it vacation. But I need to do some things or I won't be able to be on vacation. Because why? Just because life doesn't start and stop based on when I'm on or off vacation and and my company still has requirements and my guys are working and they might need me or I might need to, you know, my inbox doesn't just say like, wait. So I've found that in my life, you know, my wife, my family know like, hey, you know, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to spend, it might not be a full hour. It might be a half hour and I'm just going to clear some things out of my inbox. I'm going to send some messages to people like, hey, I'm on vacation. I want to make sure you do this. Make sure you... You handle this. Let me know how this meeting you had resulted, just so I can kind of be aware. I won't address it till I get back. I'm not working, but I'm just kind of like letting everyone know like, hey, I'm on vacation, but there's some things I want to kind of still be cognizant of, still be aware of. And to me, I can't really chill if I'm totally disconnected. I've seen people who go so far the other way, like they turn their phone off and they run away. And I kind of envy that. But for me, it's not possible to relax doing that.
1: Yeah. I think you're kind of like just perpetuating a, a cycle by doing that. And that's fine if it works for you. I yeah. mean, I'm not I'm not trying to Because like, I can
0: do I can be like, look, I did a half hour today and I'm fine and yeah. I'm done. And I'm so much but more relaxed fine? because I did the half hour. But are you fine and yes. are you
1: are you relaxed? Totally. I don't believe you.
0: But anyway, I, I, <laughs> trust me, you travel with me. Watch what happens if I don't do it. Yeah,
1: I think you need a couple days to unwind yourself from not having to do any of that before you can actually realize, I hate to make this analogy, but it's like a drug.
0: It's probably a fair analogy, dude.
1: Until you've weaned yourself off of that drug and that way of doing life, I think that you just maybe don't see a better way of living. I don't.
0: I'm like four generations deep into this kind of thing. Yeah, and well, it gets better. Every there's time. a time to stop. So you really, know? my grandfather who founded our company is 90 years old and he still works like all day, every day. And like, he <laughs> literally one time my dad was like three years old and he like put like a leash on him so he could work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like tied him to a
1: door. Yeah. I mean, you know about this. And I, and I talked about this on the show. Like I
0: don't do any of that. That's yeah, crazy. I, I
1: mean, I talked about this on the show that I took like a month sabbatical last year. Yeah. I thought that was insane. In August. And I came back one day. And do you remember what that one day to work was?
0: Uh, record I those. recorded some yeah, making chips. Yeah, but yeah. I
1: didn't get involved in anything else. My team handled everything. And I think what you're doing is that you're enabling your team to be dependent on you instead of teaching them.
0: It's not like they're like, oh hey, stop your vacation. It's more like I want to make sure things are progressing. I don't feel like I got a bunch of needy, incapable people who can't live without me. Okay. That's not that's not my point. You're the
1: problem and you need to if, maybe if
0: well, you <laughs> think it's a problem, and I think doing a half hour of like check in work isn't a problem. True. So true.
1: I'm just saying you would be the problem if you were trying to do something different. If I was trying to. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the way you're doing things. Yeah. I don't want to judge you like that. That's all right. But like if you were trying to do something different, you're not the problem in that situation, or your team's not the problem yeah, in that situation. You're the problem.
0: They're very respectful. Like, hey, I know yeah. you're on vacation. You know, they, and they might shoot me an email. Like, I know you're on vacation. Just want you to be aware of this. And that's fine. Yeah. I also choose to not put my out of office message on.
1: Yeah. I think that you're not realizing something better that you could realize. Probably. My opinion. Maybe. I'm you not know? even
0: like disagreeing with that. Cause yeah, I, I understand. the idea of being gone for a month with an off phone. And I'm not suggesting a month. Wild.
1: That might be a little bit extreme for you and for most people. Like I would but... come
0: back and I feel like I would be so punished for being so disconnected for so long. That I would be like having to pay double for the time I took off.
1: Maybe, you know? maybe, maybe. But th- and that's maybe some another issue that you need to deal with. But I, you know, I've always talked to my team about this. Like, I don't ever want to be a leader in an organization where they have to need me every day. I want to know, like, if I walked out on the street and got hit by a bus, the company would be fine and clients would be taken care of.
0: I think everybody wants that. Yeah, I don't have it today.
1: Yeah, understood.
0: I got some guys in some roles that are totally capable I never worry about. And then I got other guys that like, like I hired a guy three days ago. I can't expect him to just have everything figured out today.
1: So this kind of goes back to another episode that I formulated for the future, which is if you cast a vision for what, how you want things to be you could figure out what are the resources that I need, who are the people that I need in order to get me there.
0: Totally, totally.
1: I had just like a little bit of a preview is I had a conversation with a client who was, it's taking us an hour cycle time to machine this job. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I just want to get it done in 20 minutes. And he's like, I can't figure out how to do it. And he came to us and he was like, can you help me solve this problem? And we got into the problem and all he did was cast a vision for us and we figured it out. And we got it down to 12 minutes. That's awesome.
0: I just had a call like that on some CRM software stuff. We just laid out our problems. They're like, well, have you considered this? Have you considered that? And by the end of it, I was thinking, wow, we're on a path. Yeah. So it's never about
1: the tools or the resources or the people that you have at hand. It's what's the vision that I want to see and how can I realize that? And it's the same thing with your time management. It's not about, I can't figure out how to manage my time. It's You haven't cast a vision for what it should look like. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think when you're the president of the company, you can put all the pieces in place. True. Right now, I'm a vice president of a company, and I have a president to report to, and he's trying to cast a vision for how he can pull back yeah. a little bit more, and you know what that means for me? You have to... Uh, yeah, I do You're accountable load. Really to him. Load, yeah. So, yeah. Which is cool. Whatever. I'm very blessed to be in the position I'm in. I love my job, and I do enjoy my time off. There you but go. For me, <laughs> no power hour. But I mean, I think... No power hour, no happy hour, dude. No, 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 no. So let's go back to your
1: power hour. Yeah. So I actually think that's a really good idea. I actually think if you're going to put this in context of, I need to work on vacation. Just a little bit. How do I manage that as effectively as I possibly can? I think your power hour is a really good idea. Yeah. So I'm down with that.
0: Because I said it all. I say, all right, honey, I'm going to give me 45 minutes. It's not even an hour. Like, at nine o'clock, I'm ready to go to breakfast, whatever it is. And she's just like, all right, I got this. And then I was like, I promise I'll be chill the rest of the day. So
1: here's a thought that I'll put in your head. So right now, it's a power hour. Maybe in 2023, it's a power 30 minutes. Right. And then maybe in 2024, it's a power 15 minutes. So that's something I can see. And then maybe to. in 2025, it's a... It's a power month off. <laughs> no, it's a, maybe it's a power month off, or maybe it's just a power hour once during vacation instead of yeah. every day. Yeah. So it's what's the vision that I want for how I want to live my life and manage my business, and then how do I achieve that? Totally.
0: Guys, if the biggest headache in our industry is labor and finding talent, what's the second biggest headache? Supply chain? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So with Zometry, there's supplies and supplies flex. And I just want to talk about supplies right now. This is where you can shop thousands of raw materials, stainless steel, acetal, aluminum. I just asked, reached out to Zometry not long ago for some aluminum on a quote. Perfect.
1: So go to supplies.zometry.com and shop now.
0: Hopefully, uh, you, the audience, got some value out of this on some time management tips that have helped me and that have helped Jason. And again, if you have things to share, you can reach out. Info at makingchips.com reaches me, Jason, and Jim. And Crystal. And Crystal, yeah. And we're active on LinkedIn.
1: So you know what's funny, Nick? So you asked about my planner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually... You're going to find this funny because, you know, I'm always like trying to educate myself. So I'm actually certified as a, I don't, I don't I'm not, it's really bad that I'm saying this. I'm actually certified as a full focus professional. So like I went through the certified training to teach how to use this oh, system. Oh, that's really good. So yeah. But
0: I think you lost your certification because you didn't even know what it was called. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's gone now.
1: So you were asking, about I didn't create this by myself, but I like, I am certified in how to teach it because the reason is I teach it to my team
0: yeah that's cool so
1: that's the reason why I got it cool
0: well hopefully we taught you something if you're not making chips you're not making money bam bam
2: And many of them are at makingchips.com.